Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News's Adam Fisher. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. It is week 10 of the regular season. We're getting so close to the playoffs. I'm here with Adam Regan of the Fort Myers News Press. I'm Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News. We are alongside Andrea Melendez, our fantastic producer. And Mr. Regan, how are you feeling on this wonderful week 10? Not too bad. You know, got a couple district championship that's games right. coming up, so that's kind of exciting. It's the most exciting time of the year, man. We got the, the newest playoff standings coming out soon. We got the district championship games, and then one left. What's that? Well, the NBA season starts, right? Oh, well, I was going to get into that. Yes, tonight. Again, we're recording on a Tuesday. You got World Series Game 1. Uh-huh. NBA season tips off. You got hockey if you care about that. This weekend, we got Notre Dame, Michigan, which I'm a big fan of. So it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a good one. Good week. On the way to work to get here, I was playing the NBA on NBC uh, theme song. <laughs> I had the dun 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 I was getting very, very hyped well, up. Well, listen, I have my uh, NBA League Pass purchased. You know, I'm a big NBA fan. Go Pacers. Uh, but let's talk football because there was a lot of action last week in Week 9, and we are still scratching our heads and trying to figure out this playoff picture. Again, we'll know a little bit more later this afternoon as we record this. We don't have the latest RPI rankings, but I know it's going to be a mess. Uh, let's go through it. Let's look at Class 6A last week. So North Fort Myers beats South Fort Myers. Palmetto Ridge beats Baron Collier. And Laley also won, which jumbles up this entire at-large bid. Those are all teams that think they have a shot at the playoffs, though Dunbar in there as well. Just what's your take on what's going on there in 6A? I don't really know what to think. As far as Lee County teams, you've got South Fort Myers, Dunbar, and North Fort Myers all fighting for a couple spots. There's no way three of them are going to get in. No. So, uh, so someone is, is going to be on the outside looking in. I think right now it's South Fort Myers. They lose to North Fort Myers last week. Uh, they played Dunbar this week, so they got a chance to come back. But they end with Estero, which is not a great game for strength of schedule. No, but it gives you a, a win, which is always helpful. Um, this may be the best for Dunbar, who also won last week. So South Fort Myers was sixth in the playoff standings, and they lose to North Fort Myers, who was ninth. And just as we thought, we were going to get some clarification. North Fort Myers wins to sneak back in the conversation. Laley was at seven. They won. They're going up. Baron Collier was at two. And not only does Baron Collier's winning percentage drop and their opponent's winning percentage drop by playing Palmetto Ridge, but Palmetto Ridge wins, so their winning percentage goes up and their opponent's winning percentage goes up. Now, Palmetto Ridge, because they started 0-5 due to injuries, they were all the way back at 12th. Going to be very tough to crack that top eight. But, man, so we're looking at six teams vying for four spots, and that doesn't even include the uh, teams from Miami over in the other two regions. Yeah, and I want to go back to Laley for a second. Obviously, huge game this week against Baron Collier. Right. Uh, is that our loser leaves town match? I don't know think, because I, I, even if Baron loses, they, they're so high up in the RPI already, it, it's yeah. going to be tough. So if they lose and then can win again and finish 6-4 and four with a really strong opponent strength of schedule, they still might get in, but it depends on what happens up here in Lee County. So we, we just don't know. And lately, they end with Port Orange Atlantic, which yeah. is a ranked team, yep. a very good team. That's going to help their strength schedule. They're not going to win that game. but I mean, Laley has two very tough t- uh, games left against Baron Collier and Port Orange. i got to figure they're underdogs in both those games. But if somehow they can find a ways to win, they're going to be in the playoffs. 
And I think Baron Collier's got to be rooting for a Gulf Coast victory over oh, yeah. Lehigh this week because that Catfish Bowl at the end of the season is very important for Well, that's what Mark Jackson always tells me. He says after he plays the team, he's their biggest fan. He wants them to keep winning because, you know, that boosts your opponent's winning percentage. You know, you look at their losses, it's to Bishop Rowe, very good, to Naples, very good. And then, of course, Palmetto Ridge is a good team now. They just don't have a good record because of the uh, injuries at the start of the season. Uh, A class where it's a little more clear, go down to Class 3A, Two of our local teams, who were already high in the rankings, had some huge wins last week to almost kind of secure their footing. Bishop Rowe has the comeback against Tampa Catholic to win, and Oasis beats ECS, which not necessarily a quality win, but it keeps them at 7-1 and one, and right in the top three in the RPI, we assume. So do you think Bishop Rowe can hang on to that uh, number two slot? I think Bishop Rowe is going to hang on to that slot. The teams they play the rest of the way they play university school out of Davie Um, they're a very good team and then they end with North Fort Myers who has a a pretty good record this year so I think they hold on to that Oasis they've got to be looking at that number three seed and maybe they think that they have a shot at a bye but I I don't really think that's the case their schedule coming up they play what one in seven Avon Park but then they play a pretty good Cavalry Christian team out of Clearwater so who knows what can happen? I think these RPI is so unpredictable. I mean, imagine if we actually, you know, sat down and did the math. Oh, I don't even want to imagine. That's why I don't even try to even look at it because there's so many different factors. But uh, when I talked to Coach Bill Kramer at Naples High after the first RPIs came out and Naples was number one, uh, he said, you know, this is kind of – he kind of dismissed it. He's like, you know, this doesn't mean anything to us. We're trying to win a district championship. But what it does, it gets people talking, and that's good for football in the state. And I think it's a lot more exciting than it was when it was just the district runner-up because now every single game counts, and that's what the FHSAA wanted. So you got Bishop Verreau expected to still be in the two spot. Oasis at number three, they should get in because six teams in that region get in, so they would have to fall pretty far. Let's go down to two-way where the picture is a lot more clear. After God. ECS's loss, this is one region I feel confident in. So it's Class 2A Region 4 that has our uh, small private schools, uh, including First Baptist, St. John Newman Community School, ECS, and SFCA. Is that correct? Is that all the ones uh, I need to throw in there? It is. So 11 teams in this region, six of them get into the playoffs. The bottom four have one win, one win, two wins, and zero wins. So they're out. So basically seven teams fighting for six spots. The seventh team is ECS, who three just wins. lost, who's three and five. I mean, I guess it's not inconceivable because the sixth team in there is Moorhaven, who is 4-4. Four and four. Uh, The ECS could still get in if Moorhaven loses. ECS wins, but looking a lot better for First Baptist and St. John Newman, who basically, if they win one more game, they're in. And both those teams have a, a, at least one more game against a team with a losing record. Yeah, it's if ECS misses the playoff, man, that's, that's going to be really, really tough in terms of the criticism that Ernest yeah. Graham is going to get considering all of those transfers. And we talk about ECS every week because we're just so shocked right. that it's not working for them. Yeah, and especially since aren't a lot of those guys seniors? I mean, this is kind of their their shot. I know at least R.J. Rosales, Terry Lindsay. Um, I don't know about the other big transfers, yeah. but uh, they're going to have to build it again <laughs> next year. Go, I don't want to say the R word, but go out and find some more players next year. Well, I mean, I think you might have to worry about your juniors that came in and then leaving to go back to go elsewhere. So there could be a max exodus and guys like RJ who gambled and hasn't really paid off yet. And I wonder, you know, it's another interesting topic. What would have happened if he had stayed in Immokalee? Because Immokalee does not have a great record, 
but is that because they are so, so shorthanded and the offense has kind of struggled? At the beginning of the year, they're looking better now, but if RJ's in there, I mean, instead of 3-5, and five, are they 5-3? and three? Do they beat Laley instead of losing to them? Does RJ get into the playoffs if he stays at Immokalee? Who knows? I don't know. RJ is one of the most confident kids that I've ever met, so he'll never tell you <laughs> that he's sweating right now. Right. But I think if he really puts his nose to the grindstone, I think maybe they could get in, and who knows what happens once you get in. That's all that really matters. Well, and I also do want to say in 2A we have a big game. It's First Baptist at Moorhaven. Now, Moorhaven 4-4, four and four, but they're still Moorhaven. Always a good team. Historically very good program. Has beaten First Baptist in the past. First Baptist at 8-0. They're trying to hold on to a top two spot and earn a first round bye. If they beat Moorhaven, I think they will get it. But it's tough to go all the way out there and play at a very uh, tough intimidating place to play so keep an eye on that so that is our breakdown of the playoffs and again we'll know more this afternoon as you listen to this go to naplesnews.com slash sports slash prep zone or news dash press slash sports to get the latest rpi rankings when we come back we're going to look ahead to week 10 and some of these big district games so come on back Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at naplesnews.com, news-press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. It's week 10, and we've got some de facto district championship games to break down De facto district championship is actually one of my favorite phrases to use in a story because obviously the district championship games, they're not set. Right. You know, you have to play a district schedule in order to find out who's going to be the district champion. I just like when it ends up it becoming yeah. a district championship game at the end of the season. These worked out perfectly, and you wonder if they planned it, especially. You know, it's a little different in the uh, 7A district because you only have three district games anyways. In, in 5A, what is that, five, six teams? And so it just so happens that Cypress Lake at DeSoto County will, as a matter of fact, decide the 5A championship. But first, let's talk about uh, the 7A game I just mentioned. Yeah, these are two teams that I don't think we saw winning this district. I think Riverdale was the favorite coming into the season. Maybe Lehigh was probably the second favorite. Northport definitely wasn't in in the mix. But Gulf Coast, I think, has impressed us a little bit this season. So it all comes down to this one. At Lehigh, Lehigh gets the home game. Both of the teams had a bye last week, which is yeah, pretty interesting. Both teams had a bye last week and the week before that coming off a win. And of course, Golf Coast is two, or I'm sorry, Lehigh is two and five. Golf Coast is four and four. So they haven't won a whole bunch this year, but they are coming off a win. They're coming off a bye. They're well rested. They had very good offensive performances the week before. We're going to pick later, but man, this is a, this is going to be a tough one to pick. So I think it's going to be a really close game, really hard-fought battle. I don't know if it's going to be an offensive shootout or a defensive um, slugfest. And really, you and I were talking earlier, you know, how this could be billed as the battle of the super freshmen. Yeah. We've got quarterback Connor Barrett, who I alerted you to earlier in the season that, you know, he was going to be a good player. And then... I think everybody knew that Richard Young was going to be a superstar. He just actually got an offer from Florida last week, and he's been having a great season. I think it's going to come down to limiting the big plays for Richard Young. He's got 649 rushing yards, four touchdowns. Uh, He lives off those 70-yard touchdowns, and that's really going to put the onus on the defense for Gulf Coast, which led by linebacker Caden Kitchener, who's got 61 tackles and four sacks this season. If they can limit... Richard Young, which means keeping him 
running up the middle. If yeah. he gets to the outside, he's just way too fast. Can't, can't break contain, as the uh, guys love to say on TV. Ex- exactly. So if they can funnel him to the middle of the field, which Dunbar did earlier in the season. Uh, Dunbar beat Lehigh 8-0, second game of the season, I think, mm-hmm. in August. And really, they limited Richard Young, what he could do. And I just don't think the Lehigh offensive line is very good. So maybe Richard Young will try to do too much, and Gulf Coast will put a stop to that. Richard Young had 229 yards last week against Riverdale, who, you know, is young and they're having some struggles this year, but it's not a small team, on 15 carries. I started looking back at Gulf Coast's uh, schedule. You know, what, what other good running backs have they faced? Because they haven't done a ton. Um, but I got – I landed on Bell and Jesuit when they played Bell and Jesuit. Don Chaney. Now, he's a uh, Miami commit. Of course, I'm not comparing Richard Young to Don uh, Chaney. Well, you could probably – you could in the future when Richard you Young is a senior, correct. maybe that could be he could be Don Chaney. So Don Chaney had 111 yards against Golf Coast, but that was on nine carries because he had one 86-yard touchdown burst, and that's what we're talking about limiting those huge plays like that. I do want to give credit to the Lehigh defense; they played Naples about as any good as any local team has. Lehigh's defense looked very good against Naples. So uh, if they can slow down Golf Coast rushing attack, Golf Coast has has been running for some yards lately. And speaking of Lehigh's defense, they're a very opportunist defense. They've got two really good players in the secondary, in Tavares Dawson and Amarion Cooper, who are both blue-chip D1 recruits. And we already talked about Connor Barrett. He's got 12 interceptions right. this season. And if he you know, goes for the golden sombrero or throws three touchdowns or something like that, this game could be over really quickly. I think the later in this game it goes – it favors Gulf Coast. If Gulf Coast can stay in the game yeah. into the fourth quarter and wait for those Lehigh mistakes that tend to come, sorry about that, lightning, I mean, they do, they come in it the fourth happens. quarter. I think Gulf Coast has a good shot at this, but if Lehigh you know, throws up three touchdowns on the board real easy, this game could be over real quick. Yeah, Gulf Coast not great at playing from behind, so they don't want to do that. Let's go to the other district championship game we we're talking about, Cypress Lake at DeSoto County. Two evenly matched teams, from what we can tell. Cypress Lake going in at 7-2. and two. This is their final game of the regular season. DeSoto County is 6-2. and two. Winner goes to the playoffs, and it's not guaranteed that the loser does. I mean, we're looking at it. Last week, Cypress Lake was 7th in RPI, DeSoto 9th. So DeSoto on the outside looking in, Cypress right on the edge. It's, it's going to be a, a fight. And Cypress is going for their first district title since 1995. Since 1995. A notable player was on that 1995 team. That's trying to think who head coach Richie Road of Cypress oh, Lake fantastic. was on the last district championship team. He's done a really good job with this team. Obviously, they're led by C.J. Shedd, who's approaching the 2,000-yard passing mark. He leads Lee and Collier County in passing, yep. and that's in limited time. He missed a couple games, right. so he's having a great season. DeSoto is really known for their running game. I think they've shown a little bit of balance with. Uh, Tony Blanding, their quarterback, I think he's thrown for like 1,300 yards. But six runners for the Bulldogs have 100 yards rushing on the yard. So they spread it out pretty, got, pretty good. If I recall, they got like three guys who have between like 52 and 56 carries. So they split it evenly as well. You don't know who's going to get the ball. Yeah, it's just going to be a matter of, you know, trying to push them behind the chains. Uh, I think if they're going to try to get into a shootout with Cypress Lake, it's probably not going to work real well. And the right. game is at to Soto County, which it's a little bit of a trip. I don't know. I don't know where to go with this. I picked to Soto County earlier in the season right. to win the district. 
So I don't know where I'm going to go in the pick well, segment. Well, these that. teams are both kind of on a roll. DeSoto has won five straight since starting one and two. And let's say DeSoto's two losses are to Charlotte and Port Charlotte, two very good teams. Cypress Lake has won two in a row after losing to Baron Collier, but they're averaging 39 points a game this year, Cypress Lake is. So if C.J. Shedd can get going, and let's give credit, last year Michael Linnett rushed for 200 yards. Or not last year, last game. So it's not just C.J. Shedd. If they can get that running game going, that's going to open it up for the it's, passing. It's all about the playmakers. you got Michael Lennon, you know, uh, Kobe Moore, Kyrie Savoy. And I thought that they had playmakers last year, Cypress Lake, when they went 5-5, five and five, and that was a successful season. I had I did not see this one coming. I thought, you know, they lost Kelsey Demps, who was their right. big playmaker. I thought that they might take a little bit of a step back. I was so wrong about that. And especially when uh, C.J. Shedd got injured earlier in the year, a couple times in the year. We thought that was it for them, they and they've lo- kept on going. They lost their opening game 6 nothing yeah. to South Fort Myers. They did nothing offensively man, in that game. How much – we talked earlier in the last segment about how every game matters in the RPI. How much is that going to kill them if they don't make the playoffs and they lost 6 nothing to, to South Fort Myers? That hurts. Uh, that would be very, very disappointing. The most important thing I want to mention, DeSoto County coached by a man named Bumper Hay. And you oh. know I love a good coaching name. That's a, just a great football name in general. Yeah. Bumper Hay. That's clearly, so props to Coach Hay. It's clear an all-name team right there. Who Actually, I think I looked up. I think Bumper Hay played at DeSoto as well. So we got two. Yes, he is a bulldog. That's right, trying to lead their uh, alma mater to district championships. So one game where a district championship has already been decided, let's go down to Collier. Naples, Adam Mockley. We don't think this is necessarily going to be close. But it is a big rivalry game. Immokalee is the only team to have beaten the only Collier County team to have beaten Naples in the past decade. Naples, though, going for a perfect season, an undefeated regular season, which hasn't happened as often as you would think, considering how great they've always been. So, you know, it's a game that, that both fan bases get excited about. Yep, it's a game this week. Yep, it is a game. Naples eight zero. They only have nine regular season games. Immokalee coming off a loss. They're three and five. Of course, Immokalee's just just young. Naples, I think, they can take pride in the undefeated regular season. That's always a big deal. I looked it up. This will be the eighth in school history and fifth under Coach Bill Kramer if they get it done. Do they want that, though? I I mean, yeah. You, you don't want to lose, especially now that the seeding matters in, in the uh, RPIs. That is true. The last thing they want to they do. Want, if, if they have to play Miami Central in regionals, they want to do it at home. They'd rather do it at home than go over to wherever they play. Do Traz they play in the Traz? Stadium, I love baby. the Traz, by the way. I hate the Traz. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the best as far as working conditions for the media. but Well, it depends on whether you're covering the game from the sideline or go, you're going up that huge incline to yes. the press box. It's a, a workout to get up there. as well. Yeah, it's not great there. But Naples going for that number one seed, which they're in position for right now, and a very big game with very big playoff implications. Baron Collier at Laley. We kind of broke it down earlier, but – this may be a must-win. It definitely is for Laley. I don't know about Baron Collier. Well, Baron Collier, they're so high up in the RPI rankings. That kind of yeah. shocked me a little bit, and that really shows that you know you don't really know much about the RPI system unless you sit down and do all of the math. Yeah, because I thought Baron Collier's strength schedule was not great. It's okay. Um, again, as I said, their two losses before you know losing last week were to undefeated Naples and Baron or what's the other one, Bishop Vero. But, uh, yeah, that was the, I don't want to say joke, but people were kind of scoffing at when the original RPI came out. They were ahead of Miami Central, who's ranked, you know, number 10 in the entire country. It's a little crazy there, but and, and that's why I think Baron Collier might be good if they don't happen to win this game. But 
they're going to come out fired up. You know, they were fired up last week after, you know, Coach Mark Jackson was not happy, as to be expected, when you go out and get smashed by a losing team. So they're going to be ready. I don't know if Laley has the firepower to, to hang with the Cougars. Yeah, what's it going to take to win this game for Laley? A really good defense, which they have. Uh, they're going to have to slow down the passing game of the Cougars and the running game. Last week, Palmetto had shut down the running game. Now, a lot of that was Baron Collier got in a big hole early, a 20-point hole in the first quarter, so they had to throw it a lot. But even then, they didn't start scoring until the fourth quarter when it was a running clock. So would you say probably a special teams touchdown or a defensive touchdown defensive is probably going to be teams. needed? Uh, Jonas Dudon had a big game last week for Laley. He's going to have to break loose another kid that's very fast and quick. If he can you know, shake loose in that Baron Collier defense – then maybe, you know, if they can keep it into that, you know, teens, low 20s, that's the way that Laley's going to win if they win. Cool. Well, that's going to do it for our breakdown segment. We'll pick all the big games when we come back. For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com. Follow us on Instagram at News Press Sports and NDN Prep Zone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and NDN underscore Prep Zone, or download our apps. Hello, everybody. It is prediction time. We got 10 games we're going to pick in week 10, a lot of them with uh, big playoff implications. Now let's talk about last week. I finally found my groove with. Two weeks left in the regular season. I went eight and two, picked up a game on Adam Regan, and what are you up? Nine games now. Regan sixty-six and twenty-four on the season. I am fifty-seven and thirty-three. So not you know not bad, just not great. And again, I'm blaming Andy Sodegren for the one week he filled in for me, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And I'm pretty disappointed that you've picked up two games on me the last two weeks. And my objective is to bury you in this what it's tough for you because you know my strategy i just pick against you so i mean it's just a, it, it's a coin flip on some well, of these games and it, it comes down to me picking the games right that's true and so i blame e- yourself i picked yeah. ecs last week which was against my better judgment yeah yeah oasis was good and they were rolling and they did roll so we have some tough ones to pick this week and some i'm glad you're picking first because i'm not real sure about it. let's start with the big one class 7a district 11 championship game Four playoff spot, and the loser probably won't get a playoff spot. Golf Coast at Lehigh. What are you thinking? This is a tough game for me. As I said, uh, you know, Lehigh traditionally doesn't come up big in these games. They kind of shoot themselves in the foot. However, I think Golf Coast is going to shoot themselves in the foot too. I think Connor Barrett's going to throw a couple picks. I think Richard Young, another big game. I don't think they're going to be able to stop that. him. You're, he's going to get to the edge, and he's going to have a couple big plays. and. Lehigh wins this one and wins a district championship for the first time in quite a while. Gulf Coast is young on offense, but they do have some experience and some talent on that defense. Having two weeks to prepare for Richard Young, and I think they're a little more multifaceted on offense. They have a couple different guys that can get it done. So I'm going with the Sharks. The Sharks won a district championship. First since 2016. There you go. And maybe only second in school history. I think that was their first one back in 2016. I remember it. Another district championship game, this one, Class 5A, District 13, Cypress Lake at DeSoto County. Tough one. Very tough one. I don't want to make a mistake here. I know you're going opposite me here, but I do want to stay true to my pick in the preseason of DeSoto County to win this district. 
I'm going to go with the Bulldogs and Bumper Hay. I'm glad you said that because I really do have a feeling about Cypress Lake, just the way that offense is rolling. So I was probably going to pick Cypress Lake anyways, and now I'm definitely taking the Panthers to win a first district championship since I was in middle school. That's amazing. Me too. I was in middle school as yeah. well. Naples out of Mockley. This should be an easy one. Naples. Well, you know my strategy. I'm picking against you, so I'm going to take the Indians. Just joking. I'm going to take Naples. <laughs> you uh, have me there for a second. I know. I know. No disrespect to Mockley. I don't mean to poke fun at them, but Naples should win this one easily. Baron Collier at Laley. Another one I think that you could possibly go against me in. I'm going to take the Cougars. You know what? I, I should say I'm really mad at myself. If I had any guts at all, I would have taken Palmetto Ridge last week at home because all I've talked about on this podcast is how great they're playing, and Palmetto Ridge you know, beat Baron Collier, but I picked Baron Collier just because they had the better record and historically are, are better. That being said, I'm going to take them again. I, I just think Baron Collier has too much talent, too much offensive firepower for Layla, and Layla's defense has played well, but it hasn't – the last time I faced a really good offense was Naples. They gave up 40-something points. Now, Baron Collier is not Naples by any means, but they are very good on offense. So I will take Baron Collier. That makes sense. So let's go University School at Bishop Vero. University School ranked, I believe, in, in 4A. Very good team. Bishop Vero just beat a good team at home in Tampa Catholic, and this kind of continues that murderer's row of teams they face to end the season. Do you think the Vikings can do it again? I've been doing pretty well picking the Vikings all season long. It's a two-hour road trip. Yep, from I know what that Davey, means. Yeah. So uh, I'm wondering who you're going to pick here. I am actually going to take university school in this one. I, I think they have a very good junior quarterback in Nick Vadiato. He's thrown for 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns, and they have actually a pretty good linebacker too who's committed to Rice. Jalen Reeves, 38 tackles, 9 sacks this season. I think that could cause trouble for Bishop Vero, who I might add, they beat Tampa Catholic for the first time in school history last year. Uh, a couple of big defensive plays from Derek Erickson, a pick six, and I think he blocked a punt and returned it for a touchdown as well. I don't think university school is going to make those same types of mistakes. Yeah, uh, you mentioned to me last week I picked Tampa Catholic to win, which goes against my rule of picking the, the team on the long road trip. Do I make that same mistake again? Yes, I do. I just think University School is too talented. They're a very good team. I think they'll win in a very close one. Another game that, man, this could be a loser-goes-home game, or loser-leaves-town. South Fort Myers at Dunbar. Dunbar back in the mix after South lost last week for a playoff spot. Man, this is a must-win for both these teams. It's going to be quite the slugfest, I believe. Who do you think will win? Well, first, South Fort Myers is a team that has really surprised me this season. I knew Coach Willis May, coming over from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, was going to be a good coach, but I didn't know if he had the talent really in the system to really succeed this season. But they've got some football players over there. Uh, they got a running back. Uh, I think his name last name's Cardona. Zion Hamilton, great player. Adams Joss. Jocelyn is a very good player. Damian Bloomer, good quarterback over there. Raheem Gibson, another good quarterback. They've got big play potential. They're just going up against a ridiculous defense in Dunbar. Who's, they're, they're not going to let them score very much. And Dunbar, I think they've found their way offensively, just basically putting the ball in the hands of Brandon Benjamin and Jadarius Green-McKnight, who I think will play this week. Uh, he had an injury last week, uh, You know, didn't come back to that game. So I'm going to go with the Tigers. You know, I agree with everything you said, but just Dunbar just hasn't been as good as we expected, I think. And I think that's fair to say with all the talent that they have. They have so many so many talented players. 
and South has surprised me. They only have two losses all year. I don't think they lose two in a row, and especially fired up, fighting for a playoff spot. And what do you think that does to this whole playoff thing? Because that if South Fort Myers beats Dunbar, mm-hmm. North Fort Myers beats South Fort Myers, Dunbar beat North Fort Myers, it's kind of you know a triangle there. Well, I think you used the word can- cannibalize last week, that all these teams are kind of cannibalizing themselves. They're all going to finish at 6-4, and four, and then we're not going to know who's going to get in. So uh, stay tuned. It's going to be very, very interesting. But I'm taking the Wolf back. Well, I'm also rooting for chaos as well. Ah, I agree. It makes a lot more fun. It'll make that, uh, you know, the playoffs will be released on a Sunday, November 2nd, so it's going to make that, or November 3rd, a very interesting day. The two-way battle we talked about, First Baptist fighting for a bye in 2A Region 4. They're at Moorhaven. Moorhaven's 4-4, four and four, but we know they're always good, and that's always a tough place to play. And First Baptist, a young team. This will be the first time out there for most of these guys. Who are you thinking? I think you're giving Moorhaven a little too much credit this season. I, I get it. They're traditionally a good team. I just don't think they're as good as they've been in previous seasons. I think First Baptist kind of wins this one easily. Easily, huh? Yeah. Man. You threw me for a loop there. I, I, I was thinking Moorhaven. Now, now you got me questioning myself. But you know what? I'll go with First Baptist as well. They are undefeated, and I'm not going to pick a team to lose until they lose. So the battle for the gate. Let's go out to Golden Gate on the east side of Collier County. Palmetto Ridge from the north side of the gate. Golden Gate from the south side of the gate. This is a rivalry game. I don't expect it to be close this year. Palmetto Ridge is just playing lights out, guys. I know I've talked about them a lot. I don't want to sound like a, a Palmetto Ridge stand, but... Man, they're just smashing people. They, they look so good. Is there a trophy for this game? There is. Is it's, it an actual gate? It's an actual gate. It's like a uh, you know a picket fence gate, and each slat is painted um, for a win. If you win, you get a green slat on there. If Golden Gate wins, they get a, a gold slat on there. I'm good with that. I like that. That's, that's pretty cool for that community to have this game, but I don't think it's going to be close. I've got Palmetto Ridge, the resurgent. The resurgent Palmetto Bears. Ridge. I will also take them, and uh, th- their playoff hopes stay alive. Gateway Charter at Out of Door. We have a playoff game. Yes, Gateway Charter made the Sunshine State Athletic Conference FBS playoffs, and that's all. And they're not the only team that made the SSAC playoffs because so in the FCS, in the, Jeez, F- <laughs> in the FCS uh, division, Canterbury will play Vero Beach St. Edwards uh, to defend their conference title, but. We're going to go back to Gateway Charter at Out of Door. Gateway they won five games this year, and yep. uh, Out of Door is a traditionally good team. Mm-hmm. I don't think Gateway gets out of the first round here, so that's going to be a tough trip to Sarasota. So I will take Out of Door. Yeah, Out of Door, 6-2, and two, and they're playing at home. I also will take Out of Door. Lemon Bay, Apanita Springs. Is this the week? The Bull Sharks get that first victory for Coach Rich Dombrowski. I don't know. I you know my feelings about Lemon Bay. We love dis- them, right? Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> I think they're a great team. Uh, I don't think that they're a punching bag at all for our lesser Lee County teams. That being said, Benita Springs, I promised that I would not pick them to win until they actually prove that they can win a game. I'm probably going to have to stick to that, so I'm going to go with Lemon Bay and I think this would be a good spot for you to take the Bull Sharks. I think it's a great spot to pick the Bull Sharks. Lemon Bay, 1-7, giving up 25 points a game. I think they stink. Springs is too good of a f- program to go 0-10, even though they are a first-year program. We've talked about them a lot. They're not your typical first-year program. Got a great coach. 
They're not going to win next week because they play Mariner, and Mariner's just, you know, a better squad. So this is the week, guys. Go celebrate, Bull Sharks. This is your victory. Bonita Springs wins 23-13. to Look at that. I put a score on it. Andy Sodergren, when, when he was here in place of you, predicted the score of every single game. Every single game? Yes. He was wrong a lot, but... I know he was. He's part of, like, nine of my losses were because of him. Five. Well, whatever. Close enough, so... All right, guys, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Come back next week. We'll have a lot more clarity on this playoff picture. We'll know some district champs. And, of course, if you want to follow us live on Friday nights, you can do that at naplesnews.com slash sports slash prep zone and news-press.com slash sports. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download. Mm-hmm.